Welcome to Real Truth Real Quick. My name is Rick Smith. I'm here with Todd Wagner. How you doing, Todd? I'm good, Rick. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Today we're talking about one that every Christian ought to know the answer to this question. And the question is Jesus. Is Jesus God? Yeah, if he's not... I mean, we got a problem. We got a real problem yeah. because uh, our faith rises and falls uh, on the resurrection of Jesus Christ, which is the ultimate affirmation that what Jesus said is true. And so let's give people... Uh, a little bit of a handle on how they can answer quickly is Jesus God. This matters if you talk to a Mormon, if you talk to a, um, a Jehovah's Witness especially. Um, they're going to challenge whether or not he is part of the Trinity. Yeah, they're going to say he's a good man, he was a good teacher, but I just don't believe he was talk God. Talk to a Muslim. Yep. That's exactly right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to give people five A's. All right. Okay. And so let's start with the very first one, and that is he possesses divine attributes, okay? So he's eternal. In Revelation chapter 1, verse 8, when uh, Jesus appears there at the very beginning of that, uh, the revelation of, of God's sovereign work in all of history, Jesus starts by saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the one who is and who was and who is to come. I have always been around, okay, uh, as long as I've been here. So he's eternal. He is omnipresent in Matthew chapter 28, verse 20. It, it talks about how we're to go and make disciples of Jesus. And at the very end of that, he says, Lo, I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Everywhere you go, I'm going to be there. I'm omnipresent. He is omniscient. He has um, an ability to know all things. John chapter 21, verse 17 makes reference to that. Um, he is omnipotent. He has all power. He says, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Okay? And uh, I want you to go and make disciples in my name. That's John, uh, Matthew chapter 28. Verse 19, uh, he's immutable, he's unchanging, all right? He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, it says in Hebrews 13. Those are all characteristics of God, and he is holy, right? First uh, Peter chapter 2, verse 22, it says, uh, though he committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. In John chapter 8, one of the most amazing characteristics of Jesus is he's sitting there amongst his enemies. Think about that. You're around your enemies, and he says, which one of you here can convict me of doing wrong? And not a single enemy speaks up and goes, well, there was that time, right, um, that we saw you do this and that wasn't right. The only thing that Jesus ever had accused of him that they thought was wrong was when he claimed to be God. So he's got divine attributes. That's going to take us to our second one, his own assertion, okay? He said, you bet I'm God. I think I'm God. He said, I and the Father are one uh, in John chapter 10. Verse 30. And by the way, guess what the Jews did right after he made that claim? It's a reference to the holy name of God, Yahweh. He said that, okay? The, the Greek is, is Jehovah. I am Jehovah. We're, me and Jehovah, we're the same thing. They picked up stones to stone him because they heard his claim. Same thing happened in John chapter 8 when he said, Before Abraham was, I am. He was taking that name and they picked up stones to stone him. Um, in in uh, John chapter 14, he's talking to his disciples. And, and Philip says to him, uh, hey, how long before you know, you're going to show us the Father? And he says, Philip, how long do I got to be with you? Right? And he goes through there and he says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. Jesus was pretty clear about who he was. He made very specific claims to that end. So what do we got so far, Rick? He's got divine attributes. We've got his own assertions, okay? And then what I would tell you is we teach folks, you know, that he's got divine authority. Probably one of my favorite stories about Jesus is in Mark chapter 2. There's a man who's there, and uh, he's lame. And so what's the lame guy need, Rick? You need to tell him he wants to get out of bed. Well, you think he wants to walk, life, but there's yeah. even a greater need than his need to walk. 
which he needs to be forgiven. Sin's forgiven. That's exactly right. And so what does a loving God do? He forgives you your sins. What, what is not some temporal problem, not some situational evil, but your ultimate moral failure before God. And so what's Jesus say to that guy? He said, my son, your sins are forgiven. And he then, has the power to forgive sins. Well, and then, <laughs> yeah, the, that's right. The Pharisees come along and go, but you can't say that. No one can forgive sins but God alone. He goes, that's excellent. Guess what else only God alone can do? Only God alone can bring regenerate life to limbs that are disabled. And he said, so that you might know that the Son of Man has authority on heaven and, in heaven and earth to forgive sins. I said, you take up your pallet and walk. And so he's got authority. He raises the dead. Okay? Um, that's, that's pretty much God's prerogative. The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. He raises the dead. He executed his judgment. He said that um, you're going to stand before me. I'm the one who will judge the quick and the dead. He accepts the worship of men. Angels don't do that. Peter doesn't do that. Paul doesn't do that. When Thomas dropped in, in John 20 on his knees and said, my Lord and my God, Jesus said, hey, don't say that about me. He basically said, okay, Thomas, you're exactly right. You finally figured out who I am. Um, he claimed to be the fulfillment of all prophecy in Luke 24. He said, all the law and the prophets point to me. Okay, so we've got Jesus' attributes. We've got the fact that Jesus asserted that himself. We've got Jesus' authority. And then we've already talked about the fact that there's accusations made against him. Okay, this is the fourth one, the fourth A. His enemies accused him of saying that. So it's not just that Jesus thought that. People around him, look at John 8, the very end of the chapter. Look at John 10, the very end of the chapter. Okay, um, they say, look, man, for your good works, we don't stone you, but you being a man, okay, claim to be God. And so his enemies, okay, accused him of thinking that he was God. And then you want to go through, and there's one more A that we give to people, and it simply is this. It is uh, the affirmation of other New Testament writers all throughout the Scripture. And in Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, All the fullness of deity dwells in him in bodily form. And in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, it says he's the visible image of the invisible God. Um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, talking about the Son, okay? It says, Thy throne, O God, is forever, speaking of Jesus. Second uh, Peter uh, chapter 1, Simon Peter says this. He says, To those who receive the same kind of faith as ours by the righteousness of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. All right? All throughout the scriptures, you're going to see again and again that uh, all the other men who wrote, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit, God by the Holy Spirit, affirmed the deity of Jesus Christ. But ultimately, you know what Jesus says is going to be the greatest evidence? Okay, that he is God, and this is so important is that people will see us love one another, okay? In John chapter 17, he goes even a step further. He said, if we're not one, if we're not unified around uh, who he is and the way that we, because we've been reconciled to God and the Spirit of God dwells in us of love and of peace, we don't have peace with one another, he said, they will not believe that the Father sent me, all right? If you're not one, as the Father and I are one, then men will deny that I have the power to transform and heal hearts. John chapter 13, they will know you are mine by your love for one another, and they'll know that I'm a disciple maker by the oneness that you have. The final mark of the authority of Jesus Christ is supposed to be his people. The resurrection, certainly, but the ongoing miracle of the New Testament is a regenerate man who loves and has unity with people. The Prince of Peace brings peace in our relationships, and that's why, that's why our marriages matter. That's why our relationships matter. Okay, that's why our kindness matters. 
okay? Because if we don't bear the mark of our Savior, like Gandhi said, I like your Savior, I just don't much like those that he said he saved. And so we got work to do. Jesus did his work. Our job is to evidence it in our love for one another and our love for the world that he came to save. That's good, Todd. Well, hey, listen, of all, we have over 150 episodes, and this is one that I would say of the top five, I hope yeah. that you have this down because, man, if this isn't true, then we can pack up and go home yeah. because this, this is important. So check it out, and uh, we'll see you next week on another episode of Real Truth Report.